Hello, this is Digital Accessibility, the people behind the progress. I'm Joe Walensky, the creator and host of this series. And as an accessibility professional myself, I find it very interesting as to how others have found their way into this profession. So let's meet one of those people right now and hear about their journey. All right, well, I'm Joe Walensky, and we're going to get into another episode where I have the opportunity to talk with an accessibility practitioner. And today I am speaking with Rajesh Kalidindi. Hello, Rajesh, how are you today? Fantastic, Joe, how are you doing? I'm doing okay, everything's going well. I'm uh, at my usual place uh, remotely, which is my home office on Vashon Island in Washington, which is very near Blink's Seattle headquarters. Uh, where are you talking to us from? Same uh, home office um, in the Seattle area, um, you know, enjoying the work from home benefit. Well, it's uh, great to have you uh, part of this uh, podcast. I'm looking forward to uh, learning a little bit more about you. Uh, uh, we have, uh, met before and know, known each other for a while, but for those of you that may not be familiar with you and your work, why don't you start by talking about what you're doing right now? Sure. Um, thanks for having me in this podcast, and you're doing a fantastic job of bringing uh, multiple accessibility professionals together in this series. So right now, I am uh, providing accessibility consulting services um, for clients um, that includes uh, training on how to integrate accessibility uh, guidelines into their design development uh, uh, processes and also doing uh, validations and VPATs and mentoring those who are coming into the field and also doing um, executive coaching and uh, giving presentations like this uh, in conferences as well. Yeah, well, I know, I know you're uh, you're very involved with uh, getting uh, with participating in conferences, uh, and you've done that for a long time. Um, just what's it been like, uh, you know, most recently with the pandemic? Uh, obviously, you know, most things went to remote uh, or virtual events, and and now we're starting to have some physical events. Uh, what's it been like? for you in terms of uh, giving talks at various conferences? I think, you know, uh, pandemic uh, taught us a lot um, in terms of uh, presenting and as well as uh, uh, hosting these kind of uh, uh, conferences. So the benefit is that now we are connected globally, truly uh, connected with globally because I don't need to travel anywhere uh, to give a presentation or to attend. But after uh, two years, uh, you know, not seeing physically people, uh, that connection, uh, you know, the human connection is missing. Um, that is where I'm looking forward for the in-person conferences as well, where you can really meet people and uh, understand what uh, they are, who they are, and uh, uh, how they are bringing change into the world at a personal level connection. So I think quick conversations, this is uh, remote conferences are good, but if you want to make any deep connections, I think, you know, 
still we are there in the in-person meetings and the conferences. Well, one of the things that I like to get into in this program is find out how people found their way to the things that they're uh, found their way into accessibility as a profession. Uh, sometimes it's lived life or work life or a combination. Um, how did it start for you? Um, it's a long story. I try to make it uh, as short as possible. I started my career as a, a multimedia designer and then transitioned um, into the web design and the user experience design. But um, it, almost like uh, 14, 15 years back when I joined Microsoft, this is where my soul searching has happened with the support and motivation from my managers at Microsoft. I found that I have passion uh, making experience for uh, aged population and as well as the people with the disabilities. That is where I got the support to learn how to do it by uh, learning the standards and as well as observing the people with the disabilities, how they use the experiences. So I have tried a couple of years um, while doing the UX design and research, mainly the usability studies helped me a lot um, to learn what it takes to make the digital world inclusive for um, everyone. Mainly uh, the Communication Video Accessibility Act, uh, the CVAA gave me a jump start to transition my career uh, from UX discipline into the accessibility um, discipline. So uh, since then, I have been learning and uh, many skills in terms of uh, uh, developing these inclusive solutions. More than the technical knowledge, I think the soft skills helped me a lot to grow um, into accessibility profession. Um, there is a lot of convincing uh, needs to be done in terms of prioritizing, uh, prioritizing accessibility uh, standards into the work, the negotiation skills and the leadership skills and many other uh, uh, soft skills helped me a lot uh, you know, uh, to become accessibility profession. So I spent many years after that uh, CVAA at Microsoft, and then I took that experience into a non-technology company and led an initiative at Liberty Mutual Insurance for a couple of years. And now I am um, helping uh, clients and uh, uh, the other people who is coming into the profession um, as an independent consultant. You mentioned your work at uh, Microsoft and then uh, with Liberty, and in in uh, you mentioned research and and usability testing. Um, I think a, a, a lot of people that may be new to accessibility uh, often just uh, uh, are hearing about uh, compliance and audits and remediation. Uh, uh, maybe not as much about the value of what we can find in, in research and usability testing. 
maybe you could talk a little bit about your experiences with, you know, what that consisted of, uh, you know, not necessarily specific to those organizations, but uh, maybe if you have just some general thoughts about the, the value and the types of things that went on for those activities. Absolutely. I think the standards are the guidelines show the path, how um, you can make your uh, experiences inclusive. But unless we observe how this is being used, so you learn a little bit of, you know, uh, from the guidelines and then you start implementing to make it inclusive. But unless this is put onto the test or unless you see the person actually using it, you don't know whether all the guidelines that you put into work is really meaningful to the user or not. So I have learned a ton by observing people actually using the solution and found many creative ideas how we can tweak it to make it more usable. So I think the guidelines is a good starting point where you can um, start thinking about accessibility, but actually testing it with users or observing how they use it, it will not uh, make it a completely, you know, um, a solution. Well, I, going to, uh, you know, from the, you know, the research and uh, usability testing area, one of the things I notice uh, that you list uh, for your uh, services for clients is uh, coaching organizations and individuals uh, uh, to have mature accessibility programs. Uh, uh, can you talk a little bit about what that consists of? It depends on uh, where the organization is in, you know. Um, so sometimes we may start with uh, validating what the existing solutions are and finding the gaps and then fix those uh, the initially what we found and then build upon uh, how you can enhance these experiences by integrating accessibility into the left. So, you know, in the industry, there is a term called shift left, right? So um, as part of this shift left, slowly transitioning the organization into integrating into the design process and then developing process and as well as helping the management, how to measure this work. The amount of work is being done and how they can uh, measure in terms of making it more um, inclusive, not just being a compliant um, with the guidelines and the regulations, but also how they can transition from, you know, compliant to the usable solutions. So the journey uh, varies uh, from different angle uh, angles. Uh, sometimes um, the journey starts with a customer might have logged. Um, a compliant and, you know, handling that compliant and from there you transition into a, a truly a inclusive uh, world or, you know, 
sometimes the UX people have a lot of uh, empathy for people with disabilities and the champions come forward to uh, work on the accessibility. That is my journey where, you know, I was the champion for accessibility and then uh, matured and transitioned into the fully, you know, into, into the accessibility world. So these are different flavors, wherever you start with and, you know, um, you need to make sure that you have pieces, like, you know, your resources, the people who are working, having the enough skills and having enough tools. And also the most importantly, the empathy for the end users, how you can build that empathy into the people who are, who you are working with. So these are the main buckets I would call uh, to make it, you know, uh, to help our organizations. Well, you've been uh, involved in accessibility for quite a while now. Um, you know, as you, you know, look back on, on where you started and where we are today, are there certain areas where you've, you're kind of amazed that we've gotten to where you are, where we are, or uh, on the other side of it, are there some uh, areas where, uh, you're concerned to may, that maybe we haven't uh, invested enough or we still have a lot of work to do. Any thoughts about kind of, uh, you know, how where you'd like to see things go in the future? Fantastic question. Um, since, I mean, this accessibility has been there in the United States from almost like, you know, 30 years. Um, but my involvement only in the last uh, decade or so um, as a, as a uh, full-time profession. But in the last decade, I have seen when I started, people were not paying to attention uh, to the accessibility much. And since then, I have seen a lot of um, interest and also um, a, a push or a motivation to make the solution, the, the digital solutions uh, inclusive across multiple industries. So in my observation, uh, multiple things might have contributed to this. I think a lawsuits, many lawsuits, you know, uh, exponentially increased um, in the last 10 years that might have paid attention to the accessibility and also a, a strong leaders in the industry, being in the uh, corp big corporate companies like Microsoft, Google, IBM, and then uh, Salesforce, a lot of other companies also started paying attention, Adobe, and there are so many other companies, the technology companies have taken um, the stand in making the accessibility more priority. I cannot say that, you know, it was not priority before, it was, but I think the focus is increased on accessibility. That might have, you know, uh, contributed the focus and the rest of the technology world is also paying attention. So, and also uh, the advocacy groups being very vocal and the actually people uh, with disabilities also started uh, becoming vocal in terms of their experiences talking openly about their disabilities um, on the multiple social platforms. So from all these 
angles i think you know in, uh, helped a lot um a big jump in terms of you know um attention on, on accessibility well this is a good progress but there is a lot to be done you know um in terms of not just the uh, uh, disabilities that uh, notable there is a lot of work to be done in terms of the invisible uh, disabilities as well um and you know the aged population is also there is a lot of work to be done so there is a lot of invention is happening in right now uh, using the artificial intelligence to enable um, the various needs so there is a lot of complexity also i see when a person with you know uh, having multiple uh, needs there are multiple solutions need to be rely on so how these things can become an intuitive for the end user my mantra is to make the simple experiences but it takes a lot of effort to make you know experience very simple right so i think there is a lot of work to be done in terms of making it easy for real users and how it can be become intuitive and there is a lot of innovation also uh, needs to be done in terms of enabling many other um, personas that we have not touched upon well uh, are there uh, I, I you've always been involved in in the community and in doing a lot of different activities uh, we can definitely uh, have information in the show notes uh, uh, where people can find out more about you but are there any things coming up where that you want to talk about about new activities or uh, talks that you might be giving at conferences yeah um i'm looking forward for the season um in uh, san diego 2023 and uh, i'm also looking forward for the user experience professionals association uh, the annual international conference in austin um, those are my two go places, um, almost like uh, every year. But in addition to that, you know, uh, there is an inclusive design uh, conference is coming up. I'm looking forward for the content. Uh, many professionals who are uh, going to present. Um, those are the three things comes to my mind in terms of you know what I can look for in the rest of the uh, 2023. All right, great. Well, uh, we'll we'll make sure we uh, have links in the show notes uh, so people can find you. But uh, Rajesh, it's been uh, uh, great to have this opportunity to uh, chat with you, and uh, I look forward to hopefully seeing you at one of those uh, physical events in the future. Yep. Thank you so much for the opportunity, Joe. And I'm looking forward to see you and many other professionals, either virtually or in person. All right. Thank you. Have a good day. Hi, I'm Joe Walensky, and as host of the Digital Accessibility Program, I like to keep the focus on our amazing guests. But I'm always excited about my role as Accessibility Director at Blink, the producer of this program, and I'd like to share that with you. Blink is the world's leader in evidence-driven design, and we work with a wide variety of clients 
founded in Seattle. We also have offices in Boston, New York, Austin, San Diego, and San Francisco. Our stated mission is to make technology human. Embracing inclusive design and accessibility brings all of us closer to that mission. We bring accessibility in every one of our projects. Our philosophy is that each of our practitioners should understand how accessibility applies to their own work. Accessibility is not a separate department or activity for us. Our researchers, designers, and developers all employ accessibility principles at every stage. If you have a need for research and design services, Blink is a partner with a full-time commitment to making your product or service accessible and a great experience for all of your customers. Some of the specific areas where we can help, using research to better understand the needs of your customers with disabilities, innovating to make sure your accessibility is the best in class design. We can move existing designs to development in a sprint, and maybe most importantly, we provide a turnkey transformation to an accessible site or app. Of course, compliance status is something that we always include as part of the service. If any of this is of interest, please get in touch with me directly at joe at blinkux.com. That's J-O-E at B-L-I-N-K-U-X.com. Thank you. And please take a moment to rate our program in whatever app you use.